When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or around the world. Uh, We got a lot to dive into. It's New Hampshire primary day. Granite staters get out and vote. Uh, And uh, I believe we'll talk about what we expect the outcome to be there. Also, um, got a new head coach with Tennessee Titans. We'll talk some about the NFC and the AFC championship game. Um, and uh, also the viewership that is absolutely insane for the NFL right now, why I think Alabama's new head coach, DeBoer, is not going to work out, and uh, also Netflix and WWE, huge story there in terms of its overall impact. But we begin um, with the New Hampshire primary. I think tonight Donald Trump is going to win in New Hampshire by 15 or 20 points. Again, encourage all of you to go vote. I'm predicting what I expect the storyline to be in the space of about six or seven hours as the results begin to be announced. I think that Trump is going to win by 15 or 20 points. I think that is going to make it clear that the Republican primary is over. And I think at that point in time, Nikki Haley will announce that she is no longer contesting the Republican primary. Why do I think that? Because I believe deep down Nikki Haley will look at the math, recognize that there is no pathway to her becoming the Republican nominee, uh, and that with that in mind, she wants to preserve her viability for 2028. Maybe Trump considers her for his vice presidency. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, But regardless of how that exactly plays out, Um, Nikki Haley wants to run in 2028. She's proven that she can raise lots of money. Many of her donors will line up behind her in 2028. And I don't believe she has the gumption, the chutzpah, to basically say, we're burning all the ships. This is my opportunity to be president of the United States. It will not come again where I am one of two finalists for the Republican nomination. Remember, 25 people probably are going to run in 2028. It's going to be hard to create space. It's going to be hard to get attention. Uh, And so as a result, I think Nikki Haley is going to find herself in a tough spot. Um, And so she may decide that she will burn the boats and she will go after Trump aggressively and she's going to run and spend tens of millions of dollars, raise as much money as she can, and go after Trump head-to-head across as many states as possible as we get ready for Super Tuesday. Uh, Super Tuesday will be March 5th in uh, my state. Uh, And I've already told you, I will be voting for Donald Trump on March 5th in Tennessee. Um, We're down to Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley. I think this race is over. Uh, I always tell you how I vote in a primary. I've told you that I would do that from the get-go. Uh, and I believe Nikki Haley will not be in the race by March 5th. But uh, in the event that she decides to stay in and fight, 
and potentially go after Trump. I think she would have to go after him in a nasty way. I think she would have to go after him in a way that could sabotage her ability to run effectively in 2028, because I think a lot of Trump voters would remember the negativity of her in 2024. And so I don't think she will be willing to do that. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe she is willing to do basically burn the boats. I don't think that she will. Uh, So my analysis and my expectation tonight is that Trump wins by around 15 or 20 points, that Nikki Haley in the next few days will officially end her campaign, and Donald Trump will be locked and loaded as the nominee for the Republican Party going forward. Now, we have no idea what's going to happen after that. I've told you that the March 4th trial date in Washington, D.C. is not going to happen. The math on that just doesn't add up. We're rapidly advancing towards the end of January. They're not suddenly going to be able to flip a switch and start this trial in one month. The Supreme Court is considering whether some of Jack Smith's charges can even be brought against Trump. There are a lot of different arguments that Trump is making on a uh, a federal level that I think the Supreme Court is likely going to get involved in. They don't have to render their full verdicts until the end of June. I think we're going to be in a challenging situation where the uh, Jack Smith and the Biden Department of Justice is going to be sitting here around July saying, wait a minute, are we really going to put Donald Trump on trial in August and September of an election year and try to send him to prison when he's running to be president of the United States? I think that plays very much into Donald Trump's favor. But remember, this is what Democrats wanted. Democrats chose to bring charges against Donald Trump because they knew that that would strengthen him with the Republican base, but they believed that if they could get a felony conviction against him, that would help to ensure that Joe Biden was reelected. This is their game plan. They are executing it exactly as they wanted. They could have brought charges against Trump in 2022. They could have brought charges probably against Trump in 2021. They waited to put him on trial in a presidential election year. This was calculated. This is their clear intent. And now we will see whether or not their gamble is going to pay off. Uh, But this is where we're headed. Next 10 months are going to be wild. I'll be with you a lot of the time here on Outkick the Show. I'll definitely be with you every day on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. By the way, you'll be able to watch three hours of video in the event that you no longer want to watch, um, uh, to listen. We certainly appreciate the millions of people that are listening uh, to Clay and Buck every day. Uh, You can go out uh, and you can can subscribe at Fox Nation. You're going to be able to watch all three hours of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show on video. I'll be sitting there dressed basically in a t-shirt. You know, I don't get dressed up for radio. Uh, You'll be able to watch three hours of me on Fox Nation. uh, And you'll be able to watch three hours on me uh, at clayandbuck.com. And I think it'll be up on uh, outkick.com behind the paywall there too. So there'll be lots of different places where you are able to watch me and Buck on a daily basis. And it's going to be a wild 2024. You got me for 2024 and 2025 still on the Clay and Buck show. I signed on for a couple of more years. So you've got two more years uh, of me on that show, two more years of me on this show. 
and then I'll be a free agent. We'll see what happens. Who knows? World may be We may not even make it to my free agency. The way things are going, the world may come to an end. So, uh, so we will see exactly how all that shakes out. Now, uh, huge story. I think this is a massive story in sports media. Congratulations to Nick Khan, uh, the WWE. They just got a seismic, extraordinary commitment from Netflix for WWE Raw. Now, I know some of you out there say, oh, I don't care about the WWE. It's wrestling, whatever. Millions of people care, all right? I was just ringside uh, for WWE next to Jelly Roll. Uh, you may have seen me on Raw just a, uh, probably like a couple of months ago, whatever the math was on that. Um, and my kids love it. And I've been to several WrestleManias. I feel fortunate to have been to several of them. Uh, we have had a really, really good time going to these events. I grew up a wrestling fan, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior. That was my era. My wife was at WrestleMania three when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant. Uh, like a lot of you who grew up in the 80s and the 90s, I was a big wrestling fan. Back in 2016, seven years ago, I wrote that Netflix should go out and buy the WWE and they should go buy the UFC. I was right. Uh, they should have gone and bought the entirety of the WWE. They should have gone and bought the entirety of the UFC. I would rather own than rent. Right now, Sports Illustrated, trying to figure out whether or not they're going to sell Sports Illustrated, I would rather own SI than I would rent it. I have virtually no interest at all in renting any media property, right? I either want to own it, like I owned OutKick, I sold it, uh, or uh, I want to, uh, uh, or I want to start something new. I don't have a lot of interest in renting somebody else's asset. Just me. Everybody's different. So Nick Khan and the WWE gets $5 billion out of Netflix, 10-year, $500 million average per year to be carrying WWE Raw on Netflix. Massive deal. What we are seeing now, for much of the last decade, the question was, will Netflix, Amazon, or Apple ever get involved in buying sports rights? And now as we sit here, all three now own live sports rights. And this is, I think, potentially a further death knell for the ESPNs of the world and cable sports programming in general. Because Netflix, Apple, Amazon all have way more money. They're way bigger than any of the media companies are. CBS, $15 billion market cap, I think. Let me look these up right now just to kind of contextualize for you what we're talking about. Because I don't think a lot of people even really understand this. So let me try to break it down simply for you. Uh, okay, so, uh, and I'm a shareholder in a bunch of these companies, so I'm not like taking shots at them. But Paramount Global is right now a $9 billion company. $9 billion company. Not tiny, but Paramount Global owns CBS which distributes a lot of sports through the CBS television network. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery owns <coughs> uh, Turner, TNT, um, you know, those kind of companies. 
$25 billion market cap, just shy of $26 billion market cap. Um, let's see, Fox. Fox right now, right at a $15 billion market cap. That's where you're going to watch uh, the NFC Championship game this weekend. CBS, I believe, has the AFC Championship game. So $25 billion combined for Fox and CBS when it comes to their market cap. Disney is bigger, but still not that big. Disney owns ESPN and ABC, $171.5 billion. Comcast is bigger. Comcast owns NBC, $176 billion market cap. Okay, those are bigger companies. But Apple, $3 trillion market cap. Let me repeat that. Apple has a three hundred million bill. Sorry, three trillion dollar market cap. Every sports outlet that I just talked about, the parent companies: Paramount, Warner Brothers, Fox, uh, Comcast, and Disney. All five of those companies combined are one tenth, basically, as big as Apple by itself. Apple is 10 times as big as all of these other sports media companies. Okay, so Apple is worth $3 trillion. Um, and then we've got, what are the others? Amazon. Let's see what Amazon's market cap is right now. Amazon's market cap, $1.6 trillion. Okay, Netflix's market cap is smaller, but still pretty substantial. Um let me figure out Netflix's market cap as I sit here talking to you uh, right now. Netflix, as we speak, has a market cap of $200 billion, okay? So Netflix is more akin to Comcast and Disney than the others. But what this is basically letting you know is whatever Apple wants, Apple can buy. Whatever Amazon wants, Amazon can buy unless they're competing against Apple. That's the only company that can really compete with them. Why is all of this significant? By the way, Google as well, right? I should toss in Google as well on this. All four of them are massive. And all four of them have now made the decision that they are going to get involved in sports rights. So Google... Has uh, Google is worth 1.845 trillion at the current uh, at the current market cap? Okay, so why do I bring that up? Think about what's happened in the last few years. Google through YouTube now has the NFL Sunday Ticket. Right, they are YouTube the rights holder for the NFL Sunday Ticket. Amazon has just partnered with the regional sports networks. But Amazon has Thursday night football now. Uh, Apple has the MLS with a big deal they did with Messi and probably some other things. I'm not even sure what else Apple has, but they were bidding on the Pac-12 networks, everything else. And now you've got Netflix going in with the WWE. All of them now, all four of these companies now have sports rights and live sports rights. Some people say, well, Netflix had Drive to Survive. They had the, uh, the uh, they put their toe in the market with the, um, uh, with the PGA Tour show, uh, with the F1 show. 
But those are reality television shows. It's really not that much different. To now take on live programming with Raw means that in the space of the past few years, Google, Apple, Amazon, and Netflix have all made a decision to step into the sports rights marketplace. Uh, And there's talk that they're going to get involved with the NBA going forward. This is a major issue for CBS, Fox, uh, ABC, and NBC and their subsidiary properties. I think what's going to happen, and I've been saying this for some time, the big tech companies, in my opinion, maybe I need to write a long column on this, but the big tech companies that are getting involved in producing content should go by the networks. Let me give you an interesting anecdote. You know what CBS did uh, when the writer strike was going on? They decided to put Yellowstone on the CBS network. You know what happened? The ratings for Yellowstone were phenomenal. Turns out, lots of people that would really like Yellowstone had no idea it existed until they saw it start airing on CBS. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Why would Amazon, for instance, or Netflix, or, uh, or any of these, or, or Apple, why would they not buy these television networks? ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and not start advertising past seasons of their streaming services, streaming shows, by putting them on network television to overall increase the amount of viewership for those programs and help to lead to more subscribers for their streaming services. Some of you out there, you're like, hmm, that's interesting. And there's a precedent for this this year based on how Yellowstone did. But also, it's the legacy of what happened with Netflix. You know why Breaking Bad got so much more popular every year? Because a lot of people caught up on Breaking Bad on Netflix, and then they watched it live on AMC as they were catching up with the seasons. Why not take past season, like the morning show. I haven't watched the morning show yet on Apple. I'm told it's really good. Why would Apple not buy Fox, get the entire Fox network, uh, the lot, but then start putting the morning show on Fox as an advertisement for Apple's streaming service? For all of the Amazon Prime shows that they have, why would you not work in a symbiotic fashion with all of the television networks putting old shows past seasons. What's really popular on uh, Amazon right now? Reacher, right? The new Jack Reacher show. Why would they not put Jack Reacher season one on a television network to advertise for Jack Reacher season two? And then when Jack Reacher season two is over, why wouldn't they put that on television to advertise for season three. In other words, use your library 
of older shows that you've been producing to help advertise for the new seasons of your streaming service so that more people become fans of those shows. I guarantee you there are a lot of people who saw Yellowstone on CBS that now are going to be interested in the next iteration of Yellowstone that otherwise were not aware of the show on streaming. It's hard to cut through all of the noise and promote something and make it a monstrous hit, a gargantuan success. Why wouldn't you use every promotional vehicle available to you when you could buy the CBS's, the NBC's, the Fox, the ABC's of the world for relatively small amounts of money and advertise your existing properties. I'll say the same thing for Netflix. Netflix is a streaming company. How many people have never watched Stranger Things that if Stranger Things started getting put season one on ABC, you tell me that people wouldn't go crazy for uh, being able to watch the next season? You know what I'm talking about? I think that there is so much opportunity right now. And I said this when 2024 started, that it felt to me like 2024 was going to be a year of seismic change in media. But, I, you know, again, I was right seven years ago. I would look like a genius if I had been Netflix's CEO and if I had gone out and bought the WWE outright and the UFC outright. Can you imagine if Netflix had every UFC fight and every WWE event as a part of its overall subscription. You didn't have to pay for the Royal Rumble. You didn't have to pay for WrestleMania. You didn't have to pay for UFC 268 or whatever number we're on. It was all embedded within your Netflix bill and you were able to up, let's say Netflix jumped the cost five bucks a month. It would have paid for itself billions of dollars over and over and over again. And you would own the outlet as opposed to paying $5 billion to rent WWE Raw from WWE. Now, I'm a longtime WWE shareholder. You go back on my Twitter feed a decade ago, I was telling you to buy WWE at $10 a share. I don't know. It's now merged uh, with uh, UFC. I don't know. It's like... $100 a share or something now, $90 a share. I'm not even sure exactly what the price is, up $15 today. But this, to me, is a crucible moment in media where a lot of the methods of distribution I would want to own to say nothing of the fact that you would then get all of the rights that Fox or ABC or NBC or CBS have already acquired Can you imagine if, uh, let's say, Netflix bought Comcast uh, or at least NBC Universal from Comcast and suddenly all of the Olympics were distributed live on Netflix? There's too many streaming services right now, and so they're going to be merging together. But sports, I think, could be a key component of this uh, going forward. You know, there's talk that Warner Brothers and Paramount might merge. Um... I just think there's a lot of assets out there that it makes a tremendous amount of sense for people to go out and start buying. Um, And I think I'm ahead of the curve a little bit in thinking about this. Like, again, I was writing about WWE and Netflix getting bought 
by uh, WWE and UFC getting bought by Netflix like seven years ago. It was a no-brainer to me. I was right. Now they're renting WWE content for $5 billion. When I wrote about it back in 2016, they could have bought the entire WWE for $2.5 billion and owned it forever. Just felt like a no-brainer. I still think a lot of these assets make a lot of sense going forward. Um, What do we got here? 50 million people watch Chiefs Bills. To me, this just ties in with this. Congratulations, NFL audiences continue to grow. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes really is kind of a modern-day version of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady with obviously Patrick Mahomes as Tom Brady and Josh Allen in the Peyton Manning role, never quite able to get over the hump and win the big championship. We'll see whether Lamar Jackson can get to the Super Bowl uh, this Sunday or not. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Uh, Kelly in Vegas and I will. Um, but to me, this is a overall analysis of where things are going. That game aired on what? CBS? You could buy the CBS television, the entire Paramount brand, for like $10 billion. Maybe it costs you $13 billion. But you get all the NFL games. If you're interested, why would you not want to do that? And then you can advertise all of your programming, streaming, to help get people to sign up. It just I just see it as a no-brainer. It seems like it's a really great fit. The puzzle pieces just go together. Um, it also means that cable and satellite is going to be super challenged even more, right? Live sports is going to end up, I think, in streaming. I, it, it, maybe it takes a decade, but all live sports is going to streaming. I think that's where we're headed, whether you like it or not. The only real outlier is going to be news. Because I don't think, right now at least, Netflix or Amazon or Apple want to get involved in the actual news business. Um, because they, I don't think they want to have to pick a side, right? I don't think they want to have to be in the, or in the, in the goal of uh, determining what's true and false. So I think like the Fox News, MSNBC, CNNs of the world are going to have really strong brands. Uh, question of how they're distributed will be intriguing as the cable and satellite bundle continues to decline. Um, but I do think the value of properties like the NFL is going to increase. And, uh, and maybe the best way to unlock that value in the short term is to actually buy the television networks that already have the rights here. Or you can wait like a decade and just be able to pay way more uh, for those rights than these other outlets are able to pay potentially. Uh, okay, a couple of other uh, thoughts. Titans have made a hire. Uh, They went and got Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. A lot of people reacting, saying it's a great hire. 39-year-old offensive uh, mind. Had a lot of uh, history and success. He's getting hired because of the success he had with Joe Burrow, but because Jake Browning came in and went four and three, and because Callahan was able to have a lot of success uh, with Jake Browning. I hope that he can translate that to Will Levis. I'm a big Titans fan. The Titans have $70 million in cap space. So they can theoretically go out with Ryan Tannehill's money rotating off with Will Levis under a relatively affordable second-round draft pick contract. Uh, and with uh, Travis Henry, uh, Travis Henry, with Derrick Henry's overall uh, cost rotating off as well. Uh 13 million, you're going to have $70 million in cap space. Taylor Lewan comes off, like all, all these fixed costs are gone. 
So the Titans can get a lot better fairly quickly if they spend money effectively on the uh, free agent market. But really, Callahan's success or failure as a head coach is going to come down to how in the world does Will Levis do as a starting quarterback? If Callahan can make Will Levis a top 10 caliber quarterback, top half even caliber quarterback, he will be employed for many years to come by the Tennessee Titans. If he can't, he's going to get fired. The quarterback matters so much more than the head coach. Now, once you find the right quarterback, then pairing him with a head coach that can make him from to take him from good to great is what can lead to a championship. Look, uh, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Andy Reid was a really successful NFL head coach before he was the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's a really good coach. I think that Justin Herbert's a very successful quarterback with the Chargers. We'll see whether Jim Harbaugh takes that job. I think that would make a lot of sense for as a job to take. Uh, but if you look at that, you've got the successful quarterback there. In order to take him from good to great, you need the right coach. A coach takes you from good to great. A quarterback takes you from bad to good. So if you ask me right now what's more important, the quarterback is more important than the head coach. A good duo is what gets you a Super Bowl championship or an AFC or NFC championship, but getting to that, uh, that forefront, getting to that opportunity uh, is a function of having the right quarterback. So that's how I would break down Callahan. Uh, finally, the, uh, I was talking today with the guys at, uh, uh, at the, the round table, Next Round Live, uh, Lance Taylor, Jim Dunaway, and, uh, and Ryan Brown. I've been going on with them for years. And they were asking me what I thought about Kalen DeBoer. I think he's going to get fired in the next four years. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to sustain the level of success that Alabama expects. Remember, Nick Saban created a dynasty at Alabama. It was not an Alabama dynasty. Nick Saban could have done, I really believe this, at Alabama, what he did there at 10 to 15 other different programs around the country, maybe 20 programs. People went to play for Nick Saban. They didn't go to play for Alabama. And I think what Alabama fans are recognizing as the transfer portal opens up and talented players decide to bail and go elsewhere, is people came to play for Nick Saban. And I think Alabama's going to have some 8-4 and four and 9-3 and three seasons in the next four years because their talent is going to come back down to the level of other people's. I was looking at the, uh, already looking at the predicted wins. Vegas thinks Alabama's going to go 9-3 and three in 2024. If that happens, that is right now the Vegas bet is Alabama's over-under is nine and a half and the juice is on the under. So esteemed gambling minds in Las Vegas, typically pretty good dudes at valuing overall teams, think that Alabama's going to go nine and three in 2024. If you disagree, you can take Alabama uh, over nine and a half wins and you will win, right? That's the great thing about gambling markets. But Vegas thinks Bama's going to go 9-3. and three. If Kalen DeBoer goes 9-3, and three, and let's say Alabama loses on the road against Tennessee, let's say they lose to Georgia, 
and let's say they lose on the road at uh, LSU. I believe that's the uh, three. I got home and away right there. Alabama gets Georgia at home. They have to go on the road at LSU. They have to go on the road at Tennessee. And then they win every other game the rest of the year. They would go nine and three. Most people would look at that and they'd be like, okay, that's kind of okay. Alabama fans would lose their mind if in year one, Kalen DeBoer lost to Tennessee, LSU, and to Georgia. It's basically what Vegas is saying might happen. A&M's going to be pretty decent. Bama almost lost to Auburn last year. Ole Miss is going to be pretty good, right? There are lots of games that Alabama could lose this next year. If Galen DeBoer does what Vegas expects and goes 9-3, and three, Bama fans are going to lose their minds. Uh, and I think the expectations are outrageous for DeBoer. And either he's going to lose, leave, just choose to go somewhere else, or he's going to get fired. That's my prediction. I think he'll be gone within four years from Alabama. Uh, as we sit here on January 23rd, 2024. Uh, All right, I love all of you. See what happens tonight with the New Hampshire primary. I think the Republican primary is going to be over after tonight. I think Trump's going to win by 15 or 20, but we'll see. Uh, I'll react to that tomorrow. Uh, Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Tomorrow we'll have Kelly and I, one in five. We had a lot of the same picks. We got absolutely roasted uh, in our gambling picks. What happens when we agree on all these did not go well. Uh, We'll have a uh, outkick Gambling special tomorrow as well. Love all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick the Show. I am Clay Travis. I hope all of you have fantastic Tuesday nights.